You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Ah! Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here's a list of my favorite reindeer. Dasher, Rancher, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Glitzen, and Rudolph. Here on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. Ho, ho, ho. Well done, Double T. Thank you, everyone. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is a Thursday. Coming up in the next three hours, what we saw last night on the hardwood that you need to know about in both college and the NBA at 620. Time to gear up for Thursday night football out west with the Saints visiting the Rams at 640. We continue with our bowl season previews in college football, including tonight's Boca Raton Bowl, baby. In the 7 o'clock hour, Chelsea takes the wheel and guides us through even more football as we head back to the NFL, along with handing out this week's show parlay. And finally, at 8 o'clock, our picks for today's action in the NBA. Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast, is along at 820. And the Donkster, with all of his requisite nonsense, comes along at 845. Chelsea, how are you on this Thursday? Good morning. Let me tell you, I'm ready for Christmas to get here because number one, Christmas is awesome. Number two, mm-hmm. so I don't have to hear that ridiculous promo anymore. Like, come on. I have what? to hear that every single day, at least multiple mm-hmm. times during the show that I'm getting a lump of coal. Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. Well, Chelsea, here's what I would say. Let's flip this. What is today? December 21st? Santa's still watching. It's not the 25th. Right now, you're getting a lump of coal. But if you turn things around, who knows? You might be on the nice list. You still got some time here. So it's just a little warning from Santa, like, hey, I'm watching you here in the North Pole. I'm about to take off. I need you to get on the right side of the ledger. So it's not over yet. Well, the problem is I don't know what I did to deserve this. So if I don't know what I did wrong, I don't know how to correct my Mm, behavior. You get what I'm saying? Can we yeah. give me some hints why I was given a lump of coal? Well, don't ask me. The only thing I would say is I specifically remember you saying or suggesting that someone might slap Santa Claus. And I know it wasn't you. You said it was Draymond Green. But I feel like any suggestion that the holliest, jolliest man on the 
planet might get a smack across the face. It just isn't a good look. A good look? Well, have you seen Draymond Green? Like, do you believe Well, what Draymond Green's on the naughty list. There's no question about that. He's on the naughty list. Or you said yeah, elves so can't have beards. Double D said that. That was incorrect. I mean, these are Santa's children for all intents and purposes, really. Yeah, children. Children don't have beards. You just said it. Mm, children was more of a, you know, in theory, like these are people who are, if you're older than someone, they can seem like your children without being actual children. Look, if you don't like the explanation, that's fine. I'm just trying to give you some ideas as to why you might be getting a lump of coal every single hour on this show. Just a thought. I guess it's still a mystery. I will have to do some investigating for the rest mm, of the show. Because yes, I feel like yes. I have not deserved this moniker of the naughty one on the show. But I guess it's not my choosing. I'll tell you one thing. When it comes to my bets, I haven't just been naughty. I've been gross. I am 0-4 this week. I am just cold. Whatever I say on this show, do the exact opposite for the next three hours. If I say give to charity, you go rob a bank. Okay? If I say help an old lady across the street, kick a puppy. Just do the opposite because I'm telling you it will work out better for you. I've been awful. Yesterday, I was not feeling well. Yeah. Let yeah. me interrupt you for a second because oh, okay. sometimes this is how your week goes because you bet like, you know, two games a day, Monday and Tuesday. If yeah. those don't go well, you will bet a lot of games on the weekend because there's normally college football. And that's mm -hmm. when you write the ship. So, you know, what have you been on the show? Two days? Like two, days two bad week. days and you're going to say, oh, don't play anything I say. Like, let's look at the bigger <laughs> sample size here. Like, we're uh, in sports betting. We know yes. that you don't look at a two-day sample size in That's a 365-day year. So, uh, isn't there a Christmas song, or is that from Rent? The 525,600 minutes? I don't think that's a Christmas song. I definitely think that's oh. from Rent. Yeah. <laughs> could be. I, I mean, it could be. It, it, it sounds like, you know, on the 12th day of Christmas, except it's a totally different song. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I got to say, though, that little pep talk, you might be on the nice list. You're headed in the right direction. And you've had a good week. So I know you lost last night. You can tell us about your bat, but you still had a very good week. Yeah, Orlando had a really tough night shooting, and it did not help. I was checking the box score of this game because I had Orlando, the Magic, minus four and a half. Going into this game, the Magic were a perfect 9-0 and as favorites. They had a really good record at home as well, so this seemed like mm -hmm. the position to bet on them. But here's the thing about basketball. When you have an off-night shooting, kind of negates all of those factors because you looked at the three-point yeah. shooting in this game at halftime. The heat came off on fire shooting 57 percent from the three-point line in the first half of this game they went 15 of 26 then you look at the magic they went six of 30 from the three-point line should i have seen this coming because i will say that is the one weakness that the magic do have they are mm -hmm. one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the nba but they don't shoot a ton of threes so i feel like this is one that you kind of chalk up to variance because normally a team is not going to shoot. I think the Heat shot over 50% from the three-point line. Wouldn't yeah. you say that's something that's not super repeatable, even though Tyler Hero's a good three-point shooter? Oh, absolutely. The best three-pointers, three-point shooters in the game don't shoot more than 50%. Like, the best in the game are in the 40s at best. So when an entire right. team 
from beyond the arc shoots more than 50%, you know, that's just variance. That's just basketball. If you give any coach at any level ever the choice of, hey, your team can shoot more than 50% from three-point line, they'll be like, yes, right now, whatever it takes. So that's just basketball sometimes. But you can never factor that in. Like, maybe this team will get red hot from outside. That just happens. Right. And, of course, the college plays that I was going to play, but I sounded like Mm. a complete degenerate for playing. Because I was going to play SLU against my Wolfpack. You know every chance I get to fade my own team, I will do it. Uh, They covered. And IPFW, the fighting Mastodons, they covered against Pitt as well. Um, so I wish I would have played those. Maybe I should stick to college hoops, but we'll see. Well, that's all right. It's one loss. Bill did a great job. Our executive producer, Bill Rowland, of filling in yesterday. I didn't listen. I was asleep, but I assume he did a great job. I'm sure he did. <laughs> UMBC at Iowa over 177. Iowa wins 103-81, 184 points in that game. That was a dub. And the Dongster got a dub as well. 76ers laying three and a half points, hosting the Timberwolves. Sixers win big, 127-113. So for the week, Chelsea, you are 2-1. and one. I am a gross 0-4. The Dongster's 2-3, and three, and Bill, a perfectly pristine 1-0. This gambling thing's easy. Ah, uh, look at this guy. <laughs> Comes on one day, drops in, is like, uh, I'll host a show, I pick a winner. Later, the old Costanza. You know what I mean? You just leave on a high note. But Bill, yeah, no doubt. Like, I'm done. you deserve you deserve extra credit because we came for you when you picked a college basketball oh, total they did. of 177. Oh. Because thanks, that's a really high total. 177 for a college, college game yeah. is bananas. So I kind of, you know, told Bill, I was like, listen, are you sure you want to do this? And he said, yeah, I'm sure. Both these teams play at a really fast pace, so I believe in it. So I believe Bill deserves even more extra credit for winning this play. Give the man his flowers. And it, oh, by, by the way, it was on the other side, the Donkster was on the under as a five-star play that we did not use yesterday. Oh, so not only did I, did I take Donkster. a really crazy bet, but it was completely opposite of what the Donkster would have done. So, yeah. Look at this guy. He wants to speak, but guess what? Still smiling. He's so dumb. He's still smiling, but his microphone is not in front of him. So even if he were talking, we would not be able to hear him. You got to get that rectified before the end of the show, buddy. It's a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. We had a couple of big upsets in college basketball last night, Chelsea. Seton Hall, stunning number five, UConn, 75 to 60. Seton Hall, plus seven and a half. They were plus 280 on the money line if you had that. Total set at 140 and a hook. The under hits. Kadari Richmond. 23 points, 8 steals. Drew Davis drops 17. The Pirates lead for the final 7 minutes, 30 seconds of this game. Their biggest victory in years. The last time they knocked off the number 5 team in the country was in 2020 when they beat Butler. So this was a pretty dominant performance over one of the best teams in the country. Here is my gut feeling on this game. Because I looked at it Mm -hmm. for like a split second. Don't you feel like underdogs in the Big East are usually worth a look. It feels to me that there are so many teams in that conference that can give these big-time teams an absolute scare on every, any night of the week. Like, maybe not Georgetown over the past few days or after um, over the last few years, we know they have been bad. But is that a narrative that I'm getting right or is that something I'm just, you know, pulling out of thin air? That's how I feel. Biggies, underdogs? I feel like... The Big East is certainly one of the more competitive conferences in basketball. There's a big history there. So I don't think it's 
out of line or out of reason to say, yeah, you're going to you're going to see some underdogs pull some upsets or keep things close. I just think that's one of those things that you kind of keep in mind as the season progresses. But I don't think you're off there. Not at all. Yeah, because listen to these teams. Like, don't they seem like teams that you always think of their basketball program? Butler, Providence, St. John, Seton Hall, obviously Villanova, not really an underdog um, over the past decade or so. UConn, Mm -hmm. same thing. Creighton, we know they can pile up the points usually. Marquette, they've had some massive wins as well. Georgetown, Xavier, and DePaul. This has to be one of the better basketball conferences, right? Especially for smaller schools. Oh, no question. Yeah, I remember when Georgetown was good. God, that hurts right here in D.C. Whew, been a long road for those guys. But yeah, you're talking about one of the most historic conferences in the country. So you're absolutely right about that. You mentioned Nova. They upset number 12 Creighton last night in overtime at Creighton 68-66. Nova was getting 10 points. Nova plus 345 on the money line total set at 142. The under hit. So you were just talking about this. The Blue Jays mm-hmm. lead by double digits for most of the second half before the Wildcats rally to tie it late, force the extra session. Eric Dixon, 32 points, including the go-ahead three with 28 seconds to go in overtime. So you call it Big East, another upset. Yeah, what's the handicap on teams coming out of a really strong conference? Because we hear this narrative all the time in football when we talk about the SEC. It just means more. But what about basketball? Do you think this type of conference play prepares teams for March Madness? Because sometimes I think there can be some conference-on-conference crime where it kind of beats down the opponents. But also, I think it's a a good preparation for what we see in March. Oh, no question. When you look at these... These conferences that are very strong from top to bottom, it goes both ways. You will hear this argument Mm -hmm. both sides, which is, hey, like last year we talked about this in the Big Ten. Are these teams battle-tested and ready to go because top to bottom the conference is so good and they will be ready to go come tournament time? Or will it have been such a physical, grueling schedule that maybe they run out of gas late. Honestly, you can use either argument depending on what side you want to support, but you will hear that from both sides come tournament time. And and, and there's truth to both sides. It's just difficult to discern exactly where a certain team fits on that spectrum, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Um, and at what point in the season are we believing what we're seeing? Because I think this is an important question in college hoops. And it's the reason Mm -hmm. why I haven't dove in feet first in the first month or two of college basketball. Because I feel like these teams are still working out their rotations. We know that there is a lot of transfer portaling going on in college uh, sports these days. So they have to work in the new pieces. Do you think this is the time of year where we can actually start to see how a team is composed and what we can make of them, you know, in the next couple of months. Oh, absolutely. And and one thing about college basketball, I think we see this more in college basketball than the NBA because you're dealing with younger kids and, and kids who are still developing their games. You will see teams really come together and congeal at the end of the season. Yeah, you might see that in the NBA, teams get hot, teams get cold, but a lot of these guys have played together for a long time, so there's more familiarity with one another. 
That's not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. especially now in college basketball, where guys don't stay for four years anymore. Most of these guys, or a lot of these guys, are one and done. You'll see some seniors. But it's harder for that chemistry to come together in college basketball, at least I think, than the NBA. So you get to watch more of that maturation process as the season goes on, I think, in the college game. Yeah, and then one final thing to remember, this is exam time, and this is vacation time for some of these college teams, so beware playing college basketball this time of year. That's right, kids. Take care of your academics first, then athletics. Let's keep the proper perspective in place. Coming up in five minutes, the Rams remain in the hunt for the playoffs, but the New Orleans Saints stand in their way. We preview Thursday Night Football next on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us. Stay there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. It's almost here. Christmas time. <laughs> Grandma time. time. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by Ben and Jim. In moments, the Saints go marching into Los Angeles. Are you into the Christmas spirit? I know that you have a lot to do. I know we have some days off coming up, and the obvious answer would be yes. That's not necessarily the case. I feel like yesterday afternoon, late afternoon, when I finally started feeling a little bit better, I wrapped a couple gifts, was working on the show, and I looked around. We had the lights on. I put on some Christmas music, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm ready for Christmas now. I'm in the holiday spirit, officially. Are you? Are you already in it? You right in the middle of it, or you're like, just wait until I get a day off? I think I am in it, but here's the problem with Christmas all around. The expectations Mm -hmm. are always so high for Christmas. Doesn't it feel that way? that everything has to be magical and everything has to be over the top, that it just feels Mm -hmm. like a lot of pressure for a holiday. Because when Thanksgiving rolled around, I didn't worry if I was in the Thanksgiving spirit enough, but doesn't it feel like Christmas has like such big expectations that sometimes it can lead to disappointment? Oh, for sure. You see this on New Year's Eve all the time when people have an idea of how things should go. And the best way to enjoy a birthday, Christmas, New Year's Eve, any event is just, I want to have a good time. And if you just Mm -hmm. let it flow from there, everything will be okay. But the idea of, okay, we gotta make sure that everyone's up at a certain time. I wanna see everyone opening the gifts and then we'll have this perfect lunch around this time. And then we'll play games in the afternoon while there's some football. If you plan it out too much, then you're almost ruining it because not everything always goes according to plan, especially when there are kids involved, right? Like I'm part of a family where kids are running around or something happens. Not everything always goes perfectly, and that's okay. Sometimes that's part of the fun and part of being a part of a group or a family, and you just roll with it and you say, it's the holidays. I'm just glad we're together. So I, I totally agree. 
You want to go into it and say, this is kind of how I want things to go, but I want everyone to have a wonderful time. If you plant too much and set the bar too high, you're almost doomed to fail. Yeah, you're like that mom that's running around screaming at the kids saying, we're yeah. going to make memories, damn it. Uh, <laughs> right. We all know that mom. But listen, like some moms have to be that way. So there is some sense of control in the household because sometimes you got to be that way with kids. But can we talk a second about the worst holiday of the entire year? New Year's oh. Eve. I feel like I oh. used to love New Year's Eve. And as the years have gone by, I think this is the worst holiday of them all. Like, I don't want to stay up till midnight. Uh, I don't want to go to some bar mm -hmm. where they're going to jack up the prices where it's $150 just to get in. Then it's every yeah. single person in the city of Nashville is going to be waiting in line for this bar. And every drink takes 30 minutes to order. I think this is the worst holiday now. New Year's Eve. I kind of agree. I've had some great New Year's, but I've had some terrible New Year's. And it's always because someone around me had some sort of expectation as to how things should go. And when that veered off just slightly, like the bottom dropped out. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I, I like New Year's Eve. I'll be in New Orleans this New Year's Eve. I have big plans. I plan on celebrating it. I like it. But I am also someone who, like you said, I really get nervous when people just have this, oh my God, this perfect expectation as to how things should go. Because when you're setting the bar that high, like I said, eventually it's like, man, if I don't nail this, it's immediately going to be a letdown. It's just how big of a letdown it's going to be. So I don't want to be a curmudgeon here because I do like New Year's Eve, but I totally understand that idea because I've been there. Well, and plus there's just so many people out. Like there's too many people out at bars because it is the most going out holiday. Like, you know, you don't see this with other holidays. I guess maybe July 4th. That's not like a club holiday, mm -hmm. but I'm also getting out of that stage where I don't really want to go to clubby places on New Year's Eve. But I yeah. feel like this is an interesting parallel to the Thursday night football game that we're talking about. Because oh. look at what we have seen from the LA Rams this year. Because the expectations were low, now what we're seeing from the Rams, you know, uh, winning what, four straight games? The offense has been yeah. firing on all cylinders, 28 po uh, plus points. In four straight games, Matt Stafford looks like he's throwing the ball well. Kyron Williams has been a relevant uh, – I can't even say the word. I will Revelation. choose another one. He, that's it. He has been very good at running back for the Rams. But a lot of this, I feel like, is because the expectations were so low for the Rams that now they've been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I agree. I think what this does to me is point out how great of a head coach that Sean McVay is is and mm -hmm. look the guys won a super bowl we remember f them picks and they suffered for that okay they last year they were awful and he thought about walking away from the game for a time but he decided to come back and they're they're overachieving there there are certain mm -hmm. teams out there when you look at their roster now they still have some top end talent there's no question but they don't have the depth that a lot of teams do and this is sometimes a coach you have to, yeah, you are what your record says you are at the same time. Sometimes you're a lot better than you should be. And I think the Rams at 7-7, seven seven, having won what, four of their last five? They look like a different team. I thought the Rams were going to be garbage time this year. I thought they were going to be so bad. 
they look like a team you don't want to mess with come the playoffs because they have a chance to compete with anybody. So I'm going to be laying the points with the Rams tonight. I love the way they're playing right now. And I think New Orleans is a little bit overvalued. Well, it's the exact opposite story for the Saints. They came into this Mm -hmm. season with the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. And yet they sit here at seven and seven. And we know they've had some injuries to the quarterback position or we've seen a little Jameis time and Derek Carr has not played every single game. But still, this schedule was laid out pretty perfectly for them and they haven't been able to take advantage. But still, Derek Carr is a veteran quarterback. Alvin Kamara playing in this game as opposed to, you know, at the start of the season, we knew he was serving a suspension of some sort. So I feel like the Rams is the right side. But I will say this about the Saints. And I feel like this is where you have to acknowledge your innate biases. The Saints are one of those teams that I think I care very little about. Do you ever think that about (laughs) NFL teams where I can't look at them clearly because I just, I just don't care about them. Like when Jameis is quarterback, I care, but now it feels like one of the most mad teams in the NFL. I don't think there's anything to the Saints. I just don't. You know, when you look at them, you're right. Their schedule, their schedule is fraudulent. They're frauds. Who has New Orleans beaten in the past two games? The Giants and the Panthers at home. Before that, they carded three straight losses. They fell to the Vikings, Falcons, and Lions. But New Orleans, I I, I don't want to say the Rams are going to run away with this. The number is the number. And Vegas is right vastly more than I am. But I just don't believe in the Saints. I think they're lucky to be 7-7 seven and seven despite those entries because of that schedule. I don't believe in them at all. I'm like you. When I see the Saints, I'm like, eh, whatever, Saints. Here's where I do normally give the Saints credit, though, is on the defensive end. Because traditionally, they have been a great defensive team. They do have some good defensive pieces. And I will say their strength is defending the pass. And that is what the Rams want to do. They want to throw the football Mm -hmm. with Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, whoever. But you look at their schedule, like who is the best quarterback that they have faced? Like that's the thing. They've had, let's see, Bryce Young, Tommy DeVito, I'm assuming, who was playing for the Giants last week. Don't know because I didn't care about that game. Uh, (laughs) I guess you look at Jared Goff. That's a good one. But they lost to him. Desmond Ritter, uh, whoever played for the Vikings that week. You know, Tyson Bajant <laughs> for the Bears. Need I oh. go on? So defensively, I'd their numbers look go good. But it's just, you know, can you really make a case for this defense? Because that's the problem. Because like yeah. I said, Matt Stafford and his passing offense have been cruising. So you're looking at props like Cooper Cup tonight. His prop, I believe, is 77, 77 and a half maybe. This seems mm-hmm. really low. Do you remember the numbers that we used to get for Cooper Cup the year that he was going for the Triple Crown? His numbers were in the hundreds. He was lined yeah. at the same line as Tyreek Hill. That's right. So at what point do you think this is a bargain for Cooper Cup? He has gone over the century mark in each of the last two, but he's also had some real duds. And I think a lot of that's just because he's not getting the target share that he did that year that he won the Triple Crown. They have other options this year, including yeah. Puka Nakua. So 73 and a half is the number for Cooper Cup. Is this a number that you would look at? Yes, I would look at that. Mm-hmm. I would also look and will look at Kyron Williams over 88 and a half rushing yards. And if you think that seems high, look at what he's done 
over the past five games. He's hit this number in four of those games, and the one time he didn't, he had 88 as opposed to tonight's number, which is 88 and a hook. So I like both plays. If you think the Rams' offense is going to be successful, and again, this is an offense that has scored 24 points or 28 points at least in four consecutive games, then I think either of those player props would be a good bet. Yeah, I was looking at the Kyron Williams one. Do you think the yards or the attempts is the way to go? Attempts is lined at 19 and a half. And hmm. I believe he hit this in four straights. He might have missed it by one in one of those matchups. But if you do believe in the game script of the Rams winning this game and winning it, you know, pretty comfortably, and especially the target share that he's getting as the running back. Like, it's hard to go away from the hot hands. Not only has he been their premier back, he also uh, has been averaging, like, close to five yards a carry in a lot of these games. Yeah. So it feels like he is going to be getting the bulk of the carries here. So would you go attempts? Or I think I would side with you on the yards because it feels good when you can win these early on in the game. Like, I know it doesn't count extra, you know, to the sports books. But for 20 carries, you will have to wait, you know, a while like you're not going to get it in the first quarter right no i'm i'm going to stick with the rushing yardage prop i think but i like all these bets i think the rams are going to have a really big night and also when you talk about the saints being overrated perhaps that plays into their defensive metrics right when you look and you say oh well the saints have done this and that yeah i'm sure you did you just played the panthers Oh, you just played the Giants. <laughs> I'm sure defense looks all world right now. You haven't played anybody. So, and the thing about the Rams is this, and the reason why I like all of these props is because you can't focus on one aspect. They are a multi-dimensional offense. So, okay, you want to stop Kyron Williams? Fine. Puka Nakua yeah. and, and Cooper Cup will have a field day with Matt Stafford throwing them the football. You want to focus on those guys? Okay, we'll hand it off to Kyron Williams. So you can't just load the box or play back. You 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 have to pick your poison, and there's really no right way to do that when facing the Rams. Now, the Rams have weaknesses. I'm not trying to make the Rams sound like some sort of all-world offense, but there's no question they have been very, very effective. I like all these props. Yeah, the only thing that scares me is that I liked the the Rams last week because it felt like they were still kind of under the radar But they Mm -hmm. just faced the Commanders, who, like, their secondary is probably the worst in the league. So I don't want to read into too much of the stats that we see from that game. Uh, But let's talk about the other side just for a second, you know, in case we cover our backs in case the Saints do something. There was a prop I was looking at for the Saints. Alvin Kamara over his receiving prop, 29 and a half. Feels like a very low number. He's hit this in 9 of 11 games. But the matchup says the Rams are the number one team at stopping running backs from catching passes. Like, as far as receiving yards, they've given up the fewest. But still, Alvin Kamara, I feel like, is still going to get the reps. Even if he is not super efficient, doesn't this line seem low? Like, he's had games of 44, 58, 50, 33, 44, 51, 91, and he gets Mm -hmm. targets like a receiver. So I think I would still take the over here, even though this is, you know, a really bad matchup on paper yeah I would agree with that and that's that's the one thing about the Rams is that they don't have a great defense so they have an okay defense we all know about Aaron Donald and how great he is but this is how you can beat the Rams right 
they can score some points, but you can outscore them because they do have weaknesses on D. So, And this is why I kind of like the over in this game. I went about the total, which is set at 46. I'm staying away from that. But I would think because the Rams do have some deficiencies on the defensive side of the football, if you like an Alvin Kamara prop or something like that, I don't hate that at all. It does seem low. Well, it's just because of the matchup, because they're giving up the fewest yardage to opposing running backs in the receiving game. But still, I think the targets are going to be there. And I think that overcomes, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't even think he has to be that efficient because he's going to get the targets. So I'll go with Alvin Kamara on the Saints side. Is there anything else you like in this game? That's pretty much it. I think we covered the bases, Chelsea. I think it's a good point, though. And plus, when you think about the Saints offensive weaponry, whether or not he gets yardage or not, they're going to feed Kamara, you would think. So I'm with you mm-hmm. on that one as well. Coming up in five minutes, time to preview tonight's action in the college game while looking ahead to some NFL futures as well. It is a Thursday, the daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM, and we are coming back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Mm. Is that Jingle Bell Rock Double D? That's what it sounds like. Oh, (laughs) in all caps, nope, not (laughs) close. It's probably called like Jingle Bell Jam or something. You know, those instrumentals always have interesting titles, something like that. Welcome back. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. We will talk college football and some NFL futures in just a few minutes. Tonight, we get the Boca Raton Bowl. Oh, yeah. Chelsea, I've been meaning to ask you about this for days because there's nothing better over the holidays than kicking back with some food, wherever you get that food, and just watching bowl season, watching the NFL. Have you seen this new concept rolled out by McDonald's, and it's coming to select cities, and it's called Cosmics, and it's drive-through only? It looks like I, I love McDonald's. Everyone knows my passion for the McRib, to the day I die, I will support the McRib. But this Cosmics idea looks terrible. You cannot go inside. You cannot at all. They don't serve any burgers. None. You can get some breakfast items like an Egg McMuffin, but they're all over the place. They have a spicy queso sandwich, savory hash brown bites, McPops, Fried dough filled with cookie butter, apple cinnamon, or hazelnut. They have drinks like blueberry ginger boost, popping pear slush, a chai frappe burst. I mean, this thing is all over the place. You're telling me that you're going to go to Cosmics and you can't even get a burger, but you can get a bunch of sugary drinks and random food? This just doesn't make any sense at all to me. What is the purpose of this? 
Like, I'm failing to understand why they are doing this. It feels like they're going for the exact opposite demographic. You know, like the people who go to McDonald's are usually a certain demographic, Mm -hmm. you know, or people who are busy. You know, if you need something quick and it's late at night, you go to McDonald's. And I think the best thing about McDonald's is that they have the all day breakfast. So you got to keep doing the breakfast at least. But like, do you think people are certainly like are suddenly going to be like, oh, well, I have been going to the farmer's market, but now I think I'm going (laughs) to stop by Cosmics or whatever they're calling it. Like, what's the strategy? Like, I don't understand. So they're not going to serve normal McDonald's food. No, they're trying to compete with Starbucks and Dunkin Donuts. So they have all these flavorful drinks. I, I agree. But they want to have sort of nuanced food, not burgers. Some Because think about it. If you go to Starbucks, you can get some breakfast stuff, maybe some sweet stuff, and then some fun drinks. Kind of the same thing a little bit with Dunkin' Donuts. I think this is what McDonald's is trying to do as well. (laughs) Double D, of course, he's had it. He says the queso sandwich is really good. I don't know. I feel like this is a bad strategy. I will make a prediction right now on this show. This is a business venture that will fail you're gonna see cosmics pop up there's gonna be seven or eight i think planned across the country and then a year from now we're gonna hear about how this entire business plan will be scuttled i don't buy this doesn't make any sense to me now god knows i'm not some sort of business expert but why would you go to cosmics you can't even you can't even walk in by the way it's only drive-through only drive-through i don't know this is a bad idea this is like new coke terrible idea how do you spell it like, I can't even, is it C-O-S-M-I-C? I'm sorry. You were so close. It's C-O-S-M-C apostrophe S. Cosmics. What a weird concept. If you, if people can't even spell it to Google it, like, how are we supposed to find out about this? But I will say, here's my one take on all the fast food places. If they can figure out a way to make good iced coffee, I think that Mm -hmm. would serve them correctly. Because a lot of the iced coffee at the fast food places is terrible. Like the one time I've had iced coffee from McDonald's, I wanted to take it and throw it back in the drive-thru window and say, this is what you call iced coffee. This is cream water and ice. Do not serve this. (laughs) So, you know, maybe just step up your iced coffee game. Well, fortunately for all of our listeners and viewers out there on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, we have an expert. His name is David Double D Dykstra. And to the surprise of no one, he's already been to Cosmics and he's tried the queso sandwich. So Double D, I'm reading an article. There's not a Cosmics near me. What am I missing? Give me your review. Not a thing. Not a thing. (laughs) I, no, I l- listen. It, it was one of those things that you know it was promoted, promoted, promoted. The the opening day, I didn't go opening day, but the opening day there was a three hour wait to hmm. get there. And get, get out the, of town! I kid you not, sir. Come us on. fat people. Left no, I believe you. Stuff. I just cannot believe that. I, I was three saying, hours. Yes, that's there was a that's nothing compared to In and Out Burger in Idaho when they waited for eight hours for oh an In and Out Burger. What are you guys doing? Have you never we had a burger lives. before? Have you never tasted queso before? Why would you ever wait in line for a burger 
or to taste some sort of fruity drink from Cosmics. That's insane to me. I was not. I was not. A my huge, question. I was not a huge fan. I, the the queso burger, the queso sandwich was really good. I will say that much. But everything else, except for the cake pops, nah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what are they doing? Are they just word for word copy, copying the Starbucks menu? Because here's the Kinda. other question I have. I think Starbucks is usually pretty across the board good because their workers are really good. Like, doesn't it feel like that's the big leagues of, like, baristas? Because that's the one knock I have on Duncan is sometimes the their workers leagues. try to give me iced tea instead of green tea and say, well, it's the same thing. No, it's not. Uh, so I think who is crafting these drinks actually makes a difference. And I don't know. Our local McDonald's, not great service. So I think a lot of it depends on who's actually making the drinks. When you get the call, there's nothing better than working for a small <laughs> coffee shop like Tim's Neighborhood Roasters, and then you get the call, and they pull you aside and say, hey, you're going to the bigs, buddy. Barista at Starbucks down the street, across the street, actually next to us. It's right next to us. You're walking next door. <laughs> Putting us out of business. <laughs> you're in the bigs now, buddy. You did it. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, does anybody else feel this way? I mean, you have to be talented to work at Starbucks to be a barista. There's no question. But also, don't. I mean, unless you're just – pouring a, a pot of coffee don't you have to have some sort of talent just innately but do you think there's something to it it's almost like when you go to a bar and you go to a nice mm -hmm. bar where the bartenders actually know how to make drinks because we've all been to a bar where it's like you oh, know, yeah. hot girls and they'll pass you a beer i've been that girl and somebody's like can i have a martini you're like you'll have a bush light um but i think it does make a difference <laughs> Oh, I, I agree. I agree. It does make a difference. If you get a good barista, if you get someone who knows how to make a great coffee drink, it's it. there is a lot more to it than just pouring a bunch of ingredients in. So I totally understand that. Chelsea, how about you pour a drink tonight and you watch the Boca Raton Bowl? How's that for a segue? Let's go. Ooh. It's in Boca Raton, Florida. South Florida taking on Syracuse. Syracuse is laying three. They are minus 145 on the money line. South Florida is plus 120. Your total set at 56. This spread has moved up from Syracuse minus a point and a half. Do you have a pick or do you care at all about the Boca Raton Bowl? I don't think it's a matter of caring, but the way that bowl season has gone thus far, it makes Crazy. me very worried to bet on any of these games. Because look at the way some of these games have unfolded. Because you look at the transfer portal and you say, okay, this team's down to their third-string quarterback. One would think that this team is not going to win. <laughs> Hasn't been the case. We have seen some teams kind of come out of nowhere. I can't remember if it was two days ago or the day before uh, when Ohio was playing. I think it was over the weekend. And I looked up at the gym and I said, isn't Ohio down there like star quarterback and all these players? But guess who was winning that game? Ohio. Uh, I don't even remember mm -hmm. who they were playing. Maybe it was Georgia Southern or somebody. But still, it makes me worried to bet on these bowl games. However, in this one, I think I would take the points because, you know, just from a strategy standpoint, if you're expecting chaos, wouldn't you just immediately lean towards the underdog side here? Um, so I think that you get a little bit of a home field advantage, not exactly, but still yep. South Florida playing a lot closer to home, uh, Syracuse laying three here. 
And we're seeing money come out on the other side, though. So, like, that's one red flag because usually I like to follow the line movement, but my instincts are going in the opposite direction. So I don't know what to do with this game, so I'm not going to bet on it. South Florida money line. Let's go. Plus 120. That's the call. Siri, I've read this stat a few times now, which is sort of amazing to me. And who knows what's going to happen because you're right. Bowl season has just been bonkers all over the place. Syracuse is starting Braden Davis at quarterback. He has thrown one pass all season, and that was completed for negative six yards. What are you going to do (laughs) with that? Seriously, that's great. And then on the other side, South Carolina, South Carolina, South Florida's quarterback, Byron Brown, has passed for more than 3,000 yards this year rushed for more than 700. So when you're talking about the most important position on the field and you've got a guy from South Florida who has more than 3,700 total yards this year in offense versus a guy who has negative six, I think I'm going to go with the Bulls here. Plus 120. That's the only handicap I can come up with. Well, then what's going on with this line movement? Even though I'm seeing where it opened, four and a half. Uh, Syracuse laying four and a half. Maybe we've seen some like waffling back and forth because I'm seeing at one point it was one and a half. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but I will stay away. That would be my lean. Why not try to get some plus money in this crazy bowl season? Coming up next here on the show. We've got NFL coaching changes perhaps coming on Black Monday. We'll try to predict who is staying and who is leaving. Plus, more Monday Night Football is coming your way. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Say that. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.